0: Welcome to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM on your dial. Next up, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight! Welcome to those of you that are listening. I've been off for a couple of weeks uh, doing other things, Uh, but you are listening to WRFG. And the RFG actually stands for Radio Free Georgia, if you do not know. Uh, Free is something that I've been thinking uh, about a lot um, lately. And one of the important factors or one of the important aspects of our radio station here uh, is that we're able to Give a voice to the voiceless, and we can, uh, our, we are, we can and do express our opinions free of oppression, uh, which is not happening in much of the world, or in many parts of the world, not the least of which is Russia. Um, Vladimir Putin just decreed, uh, passed a law, or decreed that um, it is illegal in Russia to speak about what is happening in Ukraine uh, and certainly referring to it as a war and it's punishable by up to 15 years in prison. So he's definitely trying to stifle free speech, which is diametrically opposed to what we at WRFG are all about. So uh, my name is Greg Bossen and I am your host for tonight's show. You're listening to Alternative Perspectives. Uh, And this show comes on every Tuesday night uh, at 7 p.m. And it is the only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community here in Atlanta, Um, although we are streamable all over the world. Uh, I am your host, again, Greg Bosson, and thank you so much for listening. So uh, we're going to do things a little bit uh, differently tonight. Um, because obviously we are looking at uh, an incredible uh, act of aggression on the part of Russia into Ukraine. And I'm sure that you've heard about the, you've been watching the news ad nauseum, um, but uh, hadn't heard a lot about how it's affecting the queer community. And so I thought that I would focus a little bit on that uh, during tonight's show. Uh, We're going to play a little bit of Ukrainian and Russian because there are uh, many LGBTQ uh, members of our community that are in Russia uh, where uh, it's uh, an impressive place to be if you're gay or transgender. And it is less so, but still the case in Ukraine. So we're going to be focusing on um, Eastern Europe, Russia and Ukraine and what it's like to be queer uh, in there and what's been going on uh, lately or just in the last couple of weeks. Um, but before we get into that, um, I wanted to go over some other news items. So without any further ado. News of the queer. Uh-uh. I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what? Now, I am quite sure that you are tired of hearing about this and many people have moved on but um, I'm still reminding you about COVID okay I do this every time I do a show and today is no exception so um, we are uh, finished I get well not finished but we are definitely way down from the Omicron variant and just so that you know um, as of Two days ago, our seven-day average here in the state of Georgia for new cases uh, is 1,094 new cases a day. So there are still people that are getting Omicron. They're not getting as sick. Um, They're not dying as much, thankfully, but people are still getting sick. But it's good news that our caseload is down. Um, Just to kind of give you some perspective, Uh, at its height, uh, we were averaging 18,000 cases a day back at the beginning of this year in January. Uh, but, uh, and now we are down to, as I said before, just over a thousand cases a day. Now it's probably more. Um, I got COVID a few weeks ago. I'm not part of this statistic because I did an at-home test. So, uh, but anyway, so, uh, I guess I just want to say that, uh, I don't know, I, I I we'll see what happens if there's going to be another variant or not. I'm hopeful that uh, as we get new variants, which we will, that these variants will follow, will create a pattern that hopefully has been developing where Delta was very serious, Omicron less so, and hopefully uh, the next variant will be less serious. Uh, if you think about this, Uh, And this is something that, um, you know, somebody uh, I I heard actually a scientist say, you know, when when you're talking about COVID, uh, COVID is a virus. It's a living organism. And just like any other living organism, it wants to live. Well, how does this virus live? Well, it lives through a host and that host is us. All right. So if you want to live and you want to have a host, you have to in order to live. You probably don't want to kill your host. If you kill your host, then you die. And so it's kind of like we are the home for the virus. If they kill us, they're homeless. And so it behooves the virus as it mutates to become less deadly. And so I am hopeful that uh, that is what's happening. We'll see. But I still have masks in my car. I still wear them when I go into a public uh, venue, a grocery store, the gas station. Why? Because it's easy. It's not a big deal. So um, hopefully you will do the same. But yes, I'm eating at restaurants again. It's kind of crazy. It's like I walk into the restaurant. I have my mask on. I go. I sit down. And then once I'm seated... And I'm in a room full of people without their masks, eating and chomping food and spitting food everywhere. Then I take my mask off. So it's kind of ridiculous. And I know it is, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, so enough about COVID. I don't want to talk any more about that except to say if you have not gotten uh, vaccinated yet, I I don't know. You're probably never going to. What can I say? Uh, nothing we can do about that. All right. So uh, going on to Uh, more legislative news and again we're going to spend most of the time on the show after we do this little news piece talking about uh, Ukraine and LGBTQ life in Ukraine and in Russia but um, before we get to that I did want to cover some other news Uh, I I feel it's, it's like I feel guilty about talking about anything else but Ukraine you know I feel guilty about it but we need to focus on these other things that are happening right under our nose. One of them is all the anti-trans bills that are happening all over the country. And there are, I don't know, over a hundred of them. Uh, one of them is in our state of Georgia. And uh, this, let me tell you what the latest is on uh, Georgia's LGBTQ or Georgia's trans bill. All right. So this just happened a couple of weeks ago. The Georgia Senate passed Senate bill 435. This is legislation in Georgia that prevents transgender students from participating on gendered sports team that align with their gender identity. Uh, The Senate backed uh, the measure along party lines with Republicans Uh, leading the vote 32 to 22. Uh, This is the first time a bill similar to this has had a vote in the full Senate chamber. The bill was introduced by uh, Senator Marty Harbin as a way to create, quote, fairness for girls who play school sports. Uh, Advocacy organizations like the New Georgia Project, however, say that the bill is an assault on transgender youth. Um, And then we uh, it's it's really um, it's really shocking Uh, if this bill is passed by the Georgia House of Representatives and signed into law by Governor Kemp, which it will be, by the way, the law would impact impact both public and private schools in the state of Georgia. Uh, So this is something that we need to keep watching. Uh, But uh, specifically, what the law is going to do is it's going to punish schools by refusing to let these schools play any games with any other schools if somebody on their team is a transgender female. So this is affecting females. Uh, are are, a transgender, uh, I guess, male to female kids that have decided they want to play team sports on one of the girls teams. So, um, that's what's happening. We'll see what happens. I know this is kind of controversial. Uh, we've talked about this before because, uh, there are women, gay women who, um, felt like that, uh, They fought really hard to get Title IX in order to get money for women's sports, and they don't want men in that arena. But again, these are transgender, male to female. The concern is that uh, if you talk to those on the right, that somehow these uh, trans individuals who in many cases are on hormone therapy and are blocking their testosterone, but somehow they're going to be at an unfair advantage. Um, I would argue that um, that is not the case. Uh, The kids don't really care about it. Uh, You don't hear kids complaining about this. And honestly, how many trans male to female, so trans females are wanting to play on a high school sports team? I don't think very many. Okay. (laughs) so I'm just saying Uh, it's kind of like, um, A solution in search of a problem. But um, that is what's happening in Georgia. There's another one happening in Utah, uh, and this was just two days ago. Uh, Fortunately, uh, Utah's Republican governor, Spencer Cox, has vowed to veto a transgender exclusionary sports bill passed by legislators last Friday. Lawmakers have been considering a bill that would set up a commission to determine trans students' athletes' eligibility to compete under their gender identity. It had passed the House in February and moved on to the Senate, and it had the governor's support while LGBTQ plus advocates were worried that it would marginalize young trans people. But Friday, as the legislature neared adjournment, Dan McKay proposed new language, saying no student of the male sex as determined by the individual's genetics and anatomy at birth, could participate in girls' intercolastic sports in public schools, therefore excluding trans from girls' sports. Both the House and the Senate passed the legislation. Several legislators objected to the new language, although not enough to defeat the bill, even before the bill passed in the House. However, Cox in Utah has vowed to veto it. I thought we at least had the bones of a deal. Cox told the station referring to this commission idea. So originally it was going to be a commission. Um, And then this whole new idea of a complete ban. We had never talked about it. It was never debated. It just came up. And um, and there's been no public complaints about trans athletes competing in Utah, by the way. None. Okay. So, again, these are solutions in search of problems, and I think it's really sad and ridiculous, all right? So, um, but just to let you know, uh, you, there are, if you go to a website, freedomforallamericans.org, um, you will find a legislative tracker that covers, amongst other things, this anti-transgender uh, legislation, but what can we, can what can we do? Well, in the state of Georgia, we can do something about it, or at least we can try. Um, it's probably going to pass the House, and the governor is probably going to sign it. It's probably going to end up in the courts. Um, but at least call your congressman or your senator or call the governor Kemp's office and let them know uh, how you feel about this. Uh, because I think it is most sad and um, ridiculous. All right. So, uh, and let's see if there's anything else before we move on to uh, Ukraine. And I just wanted to, and Russia. I don't think, I don't think that there is. So I think what I want to do, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into uh, Ukraine and Russia and what it's like to be, uh what it's like to be queer uh, in those places. But what I want to do before we even go there is I want to play for you something that I found online, which I think is amazing. Uh, And I'm going to play it, then we'll talk about it, and then we'll take our little break here. So without any further ado, let me play you. This is the national anthem for uh, Ukraine. So that was the Ukrainian national anthem. And what's amazing about this is that uh, this is a um, these are they're playing instruments, but they're obviously part of the military. Um, So it shows uh, this is uh, patriotic Ukrainian soldiers, and they are playing their national anthem in Kiev around a bomb crater. All right. Uh, the heart There's a video. The heart-rending uh, video of Ukrainian soldiers shows them defying Russian aggressors with a rendition of their national anthem around a crater bored into a road, service, a road surface in Kyiv. Uh, the video has been uploaded to social media yesterday by Ukrainian member of parliament and opposition leader Kara Rudik. Um, and uh, you can watch it, um, and it shows the soldiers playing drums, brass instruments as a camera pans around to show the wrecked and burned out buildings. It's amazing uh, to me um, how much uh, pride and strength uh, that uh, has been just, that that the Ukrainian citizenry has been showing, and, and and, and it makes me wonder, you know, it's like, would we do that here in the united states would we stay and fight you know i don't know i hope so i hope we would but man i I am just i'm blown away um by the ukrainian um uh the, the ukrainian citizens it's it's just amazing it really is um and with that uh we will be right back
1: WRFG invites you to our first spring CD sale on Saturday, March 19th. We'll have boxes and boxes filled with lightly used blues, jazz, R&B, folk, rock, and even classical CDs priced at $3 and up. The sale will be in our conference room on the second floor of the Little Five Points Center for Arts and Community. The doors will open at 2 p.m. and the sale ends at 5. Masks are required, and you may want to bring your own bag to carry home your treasures. The Little Five Points Center for Arts and Community is located at 1083 Austin Avenue, Northeast, Atlanta 30307. That's the corner of Austin and Euclid Avenue in Little Five Points. We hope to see you at WRFG Spring CD Sale from 2 to 5 on Saturday, March 19th. Proceeds benefit WRFG 89.3 FM, your independent community station for progressive information and hand-picked quality music.
0: Greetings, my friends. This is Von Phoenix from Punk Black, and I'm happy to tell you that Punk Black is coming to WRFG this March 4th. We'll be on Rhythm and Resistance from 10 a.m. to noon every first Friday. We're on Instagram at punk.black, that's P-U-N-K dot B-L-A-C-K. So see you soon, be safe, and be kind to each other. around the world, which is what we're focused on these days, especially. Uh, you are listening to Alternative Perspectives on WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. I am your host, Greg Bossen. And Alternative Perspectives is a show that is specifically designed for LGBTQ. Issues. All right. Uh, and uh, I should say this. The, expen- the opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG. It's employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. And if I didn't say my name, I'm Greg Botson. How's it going? All right. So that, by the way, was a Daft Punk around the world, which I thought was kind of appropriate because that's where our brains are at around the world, specifically uh, at the war in Ukraine, and it is a war, although the um, the uh, president of Russia, the Putin, uh, has now made it illegal to say that it's a war if you are in Russia, which I think is really sad. So um, what I wanted to do um, is I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about um, being gay in Eastern Europe, and specifically Ukraine and Russia. So I'm going to talk first about since the fall of the Soviet Union, Ukraine became independent in 1991. And uh, the Ukrainian LGBT community has gradually become more visible and more organized politically, organizing several LGBT events in Kyiv Odessa, Kharkiv, uh, and other major cities. Uh, These events have on occasion been marred by violent attacks in Russia. Uh, Most Ukrainians are affiliated with the Eastern Orthodox Church, which has had a significant influence on the perception by society of members of the LGBT community. Because the Orthodox Church has opposed LGBTQ events and groups, often in the name of combating immorality, um, and has even encouraged violent attacks. As such, many LGBTQ people in Ukraine report feeling they need to lie about their true sexual orientation or gender identity in order to avoid being a target of discrimination or violent harassment. Several politicians have proposed suppressing freedom of speech and freedom of assembly for LGBTQ people by enacting so-called anti-propaganda laws. So I tried to find um, some polls to see how uh, Ukrainians feel about uh, the LGBTQ community and it's definitely been improving. Back in 2010, a European study indicated that uh, only 28% of Ukrainians polled believe that LGBTQ individuals should be living freely and however they liked. However, by 2017, the same poll found that 56% of Ukrainians believe that gays and bisexual individuals should enjoy rights, marking a significant shift in the opinion, uh, which is good. In 2016, Ukrainian officials simplified the transition process for transgender people and began allowing gay and bisexual men to donate blood. Uh, Ukraine's desire to join the European Union has strongly impacted its approach to LGBTQ rights. And the International Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Trans, and Intersex Association has ranked Ukraine 36 out of 49 European countries in terms of LGBT rights, similar to EU members such as Lithuania and Romania. So um, as part of When it was part of the Soviet Union, uh, the criminal code banned same-sex sexuality, which I always find funny. I mean, how do you ban same-sex sexuality? What does that mean? How do you make that illegal? That's like making it illegal to breathe or something. Anyway, um, in 1991, you know, after the fall, uh, the law was revised so as to better protect the right to privacy. Today, the law relates to same-sexual activity when it involves prostitution with persons under the legal age of consent or public conduct that is deemed to be in violation of public decency standards. So basically, it's no longer illegal to have sex with somebody who is the same gender, as long as you don't do it in public or with a prostitute um, that are under the age of legal consent, apparently. All right. So uh, as far as same sex relationships, Um, Article 51 of the Ukrainian Constitution specifically defines marriage as a voluntary union between a man and a woman. Uh, No legal recognition exists for same-sex marriages in Ukraine, nor is there any sort of limited recognition for same-sex couples. Uh, On November of 2015, the government approved an action plan to implement the National Strategy on Human Rights in a period up to 2020, which included a promise to draft a bill creating registered civil partnerships so they're moving ukrainian parliament approved an amendment to uh, the labor code banning sexual orientation and gender identity discrimination at work on november the 12th 2015 a similar law that would have barred employers from rejecting workers based on their sexual orientation was indefinitely postponed Uh, the law passed on november 12th of 2015 Uh, and so it looks like they're they're moving Uh, There's a national hate crimes law that could be interpreted to include sexual orientation and gender identity, but has not been decided on by the court. Uh, So it's moving. But one thing that I've noticed, and you'll notice this if you if you look and I'm just noticing it in in Ukraine, but it's a light it's like this in a lot of um, uh, European and Eastern countries. When you look up trans, uh, when you look up LGBTQ rights, um, you don't see as many letters. All right, and uh, the transgender piece a lot of times is left off. All right, trans the trans community has it especially hard, uh, and there is one woman from Kiev who uh, was um, was actually featured in uh, CBS News online. Uh, and she is in Kiev and is afraid to leave because she's transgender, meaning her passport still says she's a man. She's obviously um, a woman at this point. She's trans. Uh, but you'll, you can see she, she's a woman. She wants to leave. She can't. Okay, Not that things were great beforehand, but now um, she is stuck in the country. Uh, And I'm going to play a little uh, video that went viral where she talks about this. This is a woman in Kiev who's trans during the war.
2: Sometimes we think it's just all a dream that we stuck inside some kind of a video game because you just uh, you live uh, in a quiet society and then you hear bombings and then you wake up to the sound of bombings i don't want to go outside i'm literally scared for my life
0: her name is z familio
2: all my friends left the city my neighbors left my floor and i think my building This is not a very rainbow friendly place. So lives for trans people are very bleak here. If you have male gender in your passport, they will not let you go abroad. They will
0: not uh, uh, let you through. Uh, Ukrainian law, by the way, mandates transgender people undergo extensive psychiatric observation and other steps to change their gender on legal documents. It's very hard to change your gender.
2: A war within a war. Truly, truly. Every noise from outside is a warning sign it was hell living as a trans person in kiev in ukraine we feel invisible truly like we're not people like we're not humans it's true how we feel
0: so um that gives you a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be trans in ukraine Uh, and I wanted to spend just a little more time on being trans in Ukraine, and I'm hoping that I can get somebody on the show. I tried for this show, but we'll try again, um, who has firsthand experience with it. Um, But uh, just to give you a little bit more information about what's going on with LGBTQs, uh, LGBTQ people uh, refugees are fleeing Ukraine and they face discrimination countries with th- discrimination in other countries with anti-gay laws. Uh, late on Thursday night, uh, Victoria Radvanyi, uh, communications director for Budapest Pride, drove this Budapest is in Hungary, uh, drove with her girlfriend to the border between Hungary and Ukraine. They were picking up four LGBTQ refugees and taking them back to Budapest to provide them with safe housing, food, and mental health resources. But Victoria is not part of any humanitarian group, nor does she have any experience with refugee resettlement. She never thought she'd have to witness a war so close to her home country, yet when she heard about the Russian invasion in Ukraine, she immediately knew she had to help. We know that people who say that everybody suffers from war the same way We know that that's not actually true, and we know that in situations of huge crisis, vulnerable groups of society will become especially vulnerable. So that was already in our hearts and minds. Uh, She added that LGBTQ people in her country have been giving anything they can to help spare room, a couch, armed conflict, and war aggravate the vulnerability of many minority populations and increase the likelihood that they will be exposed to abuse. According to a 2021 report by the United Nations High Council of Refugees, LGBTQ people are likely to face violence, denial of basic services, arbitrary detention, and abuse by security forces, amongst other kinds of discrimination. Uh, can you imagine being a trans person in Ukraine trying to get out of the country? Can you imagine how horrible that would be? Um, So if you stay in the country, that's also dangerous, of course, Um, and not just because of the war. It's especially bad if you are gay. An LGBTQ rights group in Ukraine uh, said last Tuesday that a group of bandits broke into their office, offices of an LGBTQ rights group, in the country's capital and attacked four activists who were inside. Uh, In an email to supporters – Um, One of the activists wrote, some unknown people broke the door in our office in Kiev where four of my colleagues were living and brutally beat them and robbed them. We do not know who they are. They humiliated my friends. They are bandits. Uh, These four colleagues are now at a shelter in Kiev. An LGBTQ activist in the Ukrainian capital with whom the Washington Blades spoke on last Tuesday confirmed that staffers who were attacked are safe. It is not immediately clear who carried out the attack, but it took place against the backdrop of Russian troops and continued uh, and their continued advance towards Kyiv. So um, I think when you get into a situation like that, it was well said. People that are uh, vulnerable uh, minority groups that are already discri- uh, facing discrimination They're going to be put uh, at the back of the line and possibly abused with reckless abandon because nobody's going to do anything to stop it. Uh, So I do think that that's something that we need to pay close attention to. Um, So. Let's see if there's anything else, I think. uh, uh, Let's see. I think what I want to do is um, take another break. And when we come back from the break, I want to spend a little bit more time um, – uh, I want to spend some more time talking about LGBTQ rights. But I want to turn my attention to Russia uh, because it is unfortunate, but there is going to most likely be a time – I don't know how long it'll be – where Russia will basically be in control of this country. I think uh, of the country of Ukraine. I. I I'm hopeful that um, that eventually they will be run out of the country or have to leave like the Russians did in Afghanistan. But at least for X period of time, there are going to be gay people in Ukraine uh, that are going to be living under Russian rule. And I think that we need to spend a little bit of time talking about what that means. So um, we will be right back.
3: The are red. Donate your car, truck, or boat. It's easy, and we can put it to good use, and you get a tax receipt. Call our toll-free number. We'll pick up your vehicle running or not. We send a tax receipt, and it only takes a few minutes. Call toll-free 844-WRFG-CAR or 844-973-4227 to arrange for a free pickup. All proceeds to benefit your favorite community radio station, 89.3 FM, WRFG.org. Thank you.
0: fight all right that's pink floyd uh hey you apparently i'm mellowing out here um and i thought I, that was appropriate don't give in without a fight because i know that's what the ukrainians are doing and i hope that that's what the rest of the world um will do you know i'm gonna say something here and i, I know the focus oh by the way you're listening to wrfg uh atlanta 89.3 fm uh this is alternative perspectives Atlanta's is only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting atlanta's queer community i'm your host greg boston thank you for listening and we're covering uh what it's like to be queer uh both in ukraine and now we're going to turn our attention to russia because at least for us i don't know how long but for x period of time i have a feeling that Russia is going to be in charge of that land. And so we're going to be, uh, uh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, but now, of course, I can't remember what I was going to say, which is never good when you're on the radio, but, <laughs> but, uh, so uh, the point is though uh, that our LGBTQ brothers and sisters that are in Eastern Europe um Uh, have had a tough time already. And uh, with this war, it's only going to get worse. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Russia. Uh, uh, Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people in Russia face legal and social challenges that are not experienced by others. Although sexual activity between same-sex couples is legal in Russia, it's been legal since 1993, homosexuality is disapproved of by most Russians, including Putin, uh, and same-sex couples in households headed by same-sex couples are ineligible for the legal protections available to opposite-sex couples. Russia provides no anti-discrimination protections for LGBT people, nor does it prohibit hate crimes based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Transgender people are allowed to change their legal gender following sex reassignment surgery. However, there are currently no laws prohibiting discrimination based on gender identity or expression. And recent laws could discriminate against against transgender residents. Homosexuality has been declassified as a mental illness, and although gay and lesbian individuals are legally not allowed to serve openly in the military, there is a de facto policy. Uh, Russia has long held a strongly negative view regarding homosexuality, with recent polls indicating that a majority of Russians are against the acceptance of homosexuality and have shown support for laws discriminating against homosexuals. Despite receiving international criticism for the recent increase in social discrimination, crimes and violence against homosexuals, uh, larger cities such as Moscow and St. Petersburg have been said to have a thriving LGBT community. However, there has been historic resistance to gay pride parades by local governments. Uh, despite being fined by the European Court of Human Rights in 2010 for interpreting it as, it's, as discrimination, the city of Moscow denied 100 requests for permission to hold Moscow pride through 2012, citing a risk of violence against the participants. Since 2006, numerous regions in Russia have enacted varying laws restricting the distribution of materials promoting LGBT relationships to minors. You know, I don't think anybody's promoting LGBT relationships. You see this in laws. Um, This is like the law in Florida uh, that DeSantis is probably going to sign, that don't talk about gay law or whatever there, don't say gay law, um, saying that we're trying to promote homosexuality. No. Laws that seek to deny schools to talk about being gay, it's not promoting it. You just are. If you're gay, you're gay. All we're trying to do is help kids feel safer and feel good about themselves. I tell you what, if we could have talked about being gay and if I had a teacher talking about how that it was perfectly okay when I was in elementary school, it would have changed my entire life. But nevertheless, all right. But to say it's okay to be gay does not promote it. It's just saying if that's who you are, not a problem. Okay. Anyway, but apparently it is a problem in Russia. Uh, In June 2013, a federal law criminalizing the distribution of materials among minors in support of nontraditional sexual relationships was enacted as an amendment to an existing child protection law. The law has resulted in numerous arrests, of Russian gay citizens publicly opposing the law, and there has been reportedly a surge of anti-gay protests, violence, and even hate crimes. It has received international criticism from the human from human rights observers. Uh, LGBT activists and media outlets have been viewed as de facto means of as a de facto means of criminalizing LGBT culture. The law was ruled to be inconsistent with the Protection of freedom of expression by the European Court of Human Rights, but as of 2021, it has not been repealed. And I'm quite sure as long as Putin remains in charge, it won't be Uh, so. All right. Uh, Homosexuality has been officially removed from the Russian list of mental illnesses. As far as adoptions of children, single persons living within Russia, regardless of their sexual orientation, can adopt children. That's good. Russian children can be adopted by a single homosexual who lives in a foreign country, provided that the country does not recognize same-sex marriage. A couple can adopt children together as a couple only if they are a married heterosexual couple. So basically, if you're gay and you're married, You can't adopt a child. But if you are a single parent and gay, apparently you can't, which is ridiculous. All right. Um, Public opinion in Russia tends to be hostile towards homosexuality. A 2015 survey found that 86% of Russians said homosexuality should not be accepted by society. That's in 2015. And around that same time, we had uh, in Ukraine, over 50 percent said that it was fine to be gay, but in Russia, 86 percent. So Russia is decidedly more conservative. In 2013, 60 percent of Russians surveyed said that gay people should be isolated from society. 22 percent said they should be forced to undergo treatment. And 5 percent, this was in 2013, of Russians said that homosexuals should be, quote, liquidated. Liquidated absolutely insane it's absolutely insane we've already covered this but neither same-sex marriages or civil unions of same-sex couples are allowed in Russia Uh, and uh, gay pride events haven't been able to have gay pride events there Uh, now when when Russian forces went into Chechnya the Chechen Republic um, there were anti-gay purges there, uh, forced disappearances, secret abductions, abductions, imprisonment, and torture by authorities targeting persons based on their perceived sexual orientation. An unknown number of men who authorities detained on suspicion of being gay or bisexual have reportedly died after being held in what human rights groups and eyewitnesses have called concentration camps. So this is what happened in Chechnya when Russia went into Chechnya and now they're going into Ukraine. So it's very important that while the Russians have control of Ukraine, that we do everything we can to protect our LGBTQ uh, brothers and sisters and others uh, that are in Ukraine. So um, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal and it's not something that, Uh, we're thinking about, but if you can imagine being gay uh, in Ukraine right now, getting ready to be taken over by Russia, you would definitely be thinking about it. Uh, So, um, all right. Uh, This happened just yesterday. Uh, This is uh, a Russian church leader uh, who is appearing to blame gay pride parades for the Ukrainian war. The head of Russia's Orthodox Church appeared to blame liberal Western values, drawing particular attention to gay pride parades, for Russia's invasion of Ukraine in his Sunday sermon. President Vladimir Putin ordered the deadly special operation in Ukraine on February the 24th to, quote, demilitarize and denazify the pro-Western country after recognizing eastern Ukraine's two breakaway territories as independent republics. But... Patriarch Kirill, the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, said the war is really about which side of God humanity will be on in the divide between supporters of gay pride events or the Western governments that allow them and their opponents in Russian-backed Eastern Ukraine. Uh, This is a quote from his sermon on Sunday. Pride parades are designed to demonstrate that sin is one variation of human behavior. That's why in order to join the club of those countries, you have to have a gay pride parade. (laughs) The Russian church leader characterized gay pride parades as a loyalty test to Western governments, which Ukraine's breakaway republics have fundamentally rejected. So let me tell you something. If any group A is upset at group B... Somehow the gays, it's their fault or it's our fault. So anyway, um, there's going to be more coming like that. That's the head of Russia's Orthodox Church. That's shocking. Um, all right. And so uh, the uh, this was an article in the Los Angeles Times, that same. woman that I was, uh, that we just heard a little while ago, the trans individual, Uh, she was in an article. Uh, She uh, in the Los Angeles Times, she's transgender. Um, Her passport says she's male, uh, according to the sex assigned at birth, and therefore she's not going to be able to leave the country. She's hunkered down inside of her Kyiv apartment as missiles soar all around her. She's considering following other transgender women who are trying to cross into Poland illegally through the woods uh, since Russia invaded. We are already fighting for our lives, she said, and now we are actually in war. Uh, She's anxious to leave. Uh, She knows that under a Russian occupation, life could deteriorate very quickly for LGBTQ people like her. Um, It is a very... Leak situation for trans people in Ukraine, but in Russia, it's even worse, worse. And so she's thinking of going to Poland. Poland's not great either. Uh, the conservative government in Poland uh, is anti-gay, and there are many anti-gay free zones. Uh, cities around the uh, the country have voted uh, to have these anti-LGBTQ free zones where you can't, um, promote anything gay or have a pride parade or anything like that. And that's happening all over Russia. It's, I mean, all over Poland. So Poland's not a great place either. So, uh, just wanting you to, to see. So, I mean, really not a whole heck of a lot you can do if you are gay and Ukrainian and in Ukraine, you can either stay there and risk being purged. you could uh, leave and try to go to Poland, um, but you may get killed on the way. Um, you'd have to cross illegally. If you're trans, you'd have to cross illegally because you can't get on an airplane or any, you can't get through a checkpoint um, because your passport says you are a male. When if you're trans female, you know, then you're really stuck. So, all right. This is a lot of sad and awful news. So I want to end by um, focusing on a little bit of music, Um, and this is music uh, performed by artists that are driving a new wave of queer music that's been sweeping Russia. Uh, The city of Nolisk is located above the Arctic Circle in Russia's north, with just under 200,000 inhabitants, it's known as a harsh industrial place. It's history shaped by extensive mining of nickel and copper and its Soviet-era prison camps. It's not a place you'd associate with dreams of a music career. It's not a place that's easy to be queer in, yet it remains a source of inspiration for non-binary singer-songwriter Augustine with her de- uh, debut singer, s- uh, single, Papa Siver, uh Russian for Father North. Uh, And is a dedication to her hometown. The song is about her town, a special place of power and inspiration for me. Augustine explains, there are no roads leading into the city. You can only reach it if you are a bird. (laughs) So she was 22 um, when she wrote this song. Uh, And I'm going to go out playing the song because I think it is quite beautiful and um i think that'll be it so uh i hope that you learned a lot i know i did Uh, and peach state festival is next uh be careful out there uh, and see what you can do to help the ukrainians
3: лица незнакомого уж потом в нём ищу покой